Blog Talk Radio. Hello, my name is Nick Augustine, and I am your host on this episode of Law Talk Radio, produced by Lone Star Content Marketing in Denton, Texas. This show is also brought to you in part by Members Choice Federal Credit Union in Denton, Texas on Unicorn Lake Boulevard. You may be eligible to join Members Choice if you live, work, worship, or attend school in Denton or Argyle, Texas. I'm joined Members Choice because they offer locally owned and operated services and offer a level of personal service I otherwise cannot find. The folks at Members Choice know me by my first name, but still respectfully address me as Mr. Augustine. Let's all raise our standards for customer service. I personally recommend Members Choice Federal Credit Union. I'd like to remember you all to uh, to remind you rather uh, to not forget to share the on-demand links to these episodes and your social media pages when you see something of value you'd like to share. All of our podcast channels and programs are also available on our home website located at www.lonestarcontentmarketing.com. You may also find our shows on our Law Talk Radio Facebook page. Today's show is episode 20 in our series called Building Your Law Practice with Jim Thompson and Nick Augustine. And today we're talking about avoiding the cult of the amateur, finding value in craftsmanship and professionalism in legal marketing and business development. So we would like everyone to think a little bit more about the do-it-yourself pitfalls that can undermine professionalism. Uh, we're also talking about referrals in this uh, series that we do here on uh, usually on Mondays, but today we're, uh, we're coming to you all from Wednesday. Uh, referrals, uh, all attorneys know that they are the lifeblood of the business, especially, again, for lawyers. So why is it, then, that lawyers are not getting the referrals they need to grow the practice? Well, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this with my friend Jim Thompson, who's a retired attorney and the author of a great book called Why Attorneys Fail, to get the referrals they deserve and need to grow their practice and what they can do about it. Jim is sharing many of the reasons that lawyers are not getting these referrals and some of the things they can do on a cost-effective basis to really grow the referral base. Again, Jim's a retired lawyer who's well-known for helping attorneys get on track to earning more clients through simple cost-effective activities. His book, again, Why Lawyers Fail to Get Referrals They Need and What They Can Do About It, is available in electronic form, and Jim will tell us all how we can get a copy of that. My name is Nick Augustine, and I'm the principal of Lone Star Content Marketing, where we help lawyers share the tips and stories about their practice by writing their stories, managing their blog content and their social media, producing internet radio podcasts and all other communications, including press release, and every other way that we get the content out to the people who want to know, like, and trust these professionals and hire them when they need services. By way of short disclaimer, this is a general information program, and the advice on this show does not constitute legal advice. Communication with our attorney guests among callers and guests on the show cannot give rise to an attorney-client relationship. If you have any questions, you should consult with an attorney in your area. Of course, all rights this broadcast are reserved. And as we get going, I would like to start with a book, with a uh, quote here. Um, and our show today is just sort of about maintaining a focused image of success as well as avoiding amateurism in legal marketing. Uh, this quote from this book that I've read called The Cult of the Amateur, uh, a client of mine gave me this. It's by Andrew Keene, K-E-E-N. And uh, the, Mr. Machiko Kukutani from the New York Times, I'm probably killing that name there, but uh, on the top of the book, the quote is, Shrewdly argued, Keene writes with acuity and passion about the consequences of a world in which the lines between fact and opinion informed expertise 
and amateurish speculation are willfully blurred. So again, we're talking about how blogs, MySpace, YouTube, and the rest of today's user-generated media are destroying our economy, our culture, and our values. And this is really having, uh, it comes into play uh, with legal marketing as well, as I've seen so many people battling to get back from awful uh, recession uh, times and, and slow business. A lot of people are trying to do cost-cutting measures, and a lot of journalism and writing and legal marketing, the, the, the aspects to the business development game, uh, people are looking for lower-priced leaders, and quality is suffering as a result. Just by way of example, I ran into a situation recently where someone offered to save money to, on a project by staffing someone to write press releases uh, when the person was asked about if they had and followed AP Style Writer's Guide, the person looked like a deer in headlights, had no idea what that, ever, what that even meant. Um, I would submit to you all that unless you want to be a low-rent uh, garage you know, rock band lawyer, it is, it is important to always have professional, work with professionals, engage and learn, and, and, and take the time to do it right and not go cheaply because it does – when people try to cut corners and save money and end up with shoddy craftsmanship or content that makes them look like a fool, they're shooting themselves in the foot. There's like the expression to cut your nose to spot your face. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a few of these points today. Um, but let's first welcome our friend Jim Thompson back from his wonderful cruise to Alaska where he just told me that he and his wife on their cruise – stepped away from the computers all but a few couple times, and uh, it really is a nice way to live. And I myself am sort of taking a break from too much technology and getting back to real professionalism and uh, not getting sucked into the uh, vortex of uh, what's going on in social media. I submit to you all that social media is a good thing when we use it for good purposes and share positive content that helps people get information. And we all need to do our part to turn this bus around because it's headed for a fiery cliff and it's not good. Now that Facebook for specifically uh, you know, has been public, uh, we know that uh, all, anyone with enough dollars can boost these posts and uh, it really can make it for a messier uh, a place for us all to find information and do business. So really what I have to say today, and then I'll turn this over to Jim, is just a call to action to all the people out there to remember what they were taught in school, to be professionals, to find value in the services and professional services, to think about opportunity costs and how we spend our time, to pay for quality to know the value of our time and to appreciate when technology is appropriate and when personal intercommunication is more effective. After that long uh, introduction, Jim, how are you? Nick, I am doing absolutely wonderful. I got a little <clears throat> hoarseness going here. I picked up a little That's why I'm saving you some, saving some of your words here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, it, w it was kind of interesting, like you said, to be away from the computer. We got on the computer. I think we were gone for 11 days, and we, we got on the computer, I think, twice. So it was, was kind of nice to really communicate face-to-face -face with people, talk to people, and not do the um, Facebook and, and, and all the other things. And quite frankly, one of the things I learned is that I didn't miss it at all. You know, it was easy to pick up. It's kind of like, you know, you, you have a good friend and you don't see him for six months or a year, and all of a sudden you pick up right where you left off. Well, this was kind of what took place. But I think what we really want to talk about and, and what you kind of alluded to is what is the image 
you want to portray for your law firm. If you want to portray yourself as a very successful lawyer, and this is especially true um, even the newer guys, the guys that just hung out a shingle, the guys that uh, may have left the law firm. Uh, you know, they've been practicing uh, law, if you will, for five or six or seven years, whatever it is, and all of a sudden they find themselves out in the cool world having to, to get clients, having to develop their business. What is the image that they want to portray to their clients? And you need to really think about this. And and I'm not talking about the image, and you know, we've all been in law firms where, you know, there's three stories and you go up staircases and they have, uh, you know, the zillion-dollar art on the walls and everything else and the marble and the hardwood floors. That's not what we're talking about, obviously. We're talking about what it is when someone thinks of you, thinks of your law firm, or uh, how, how the image that you convey, and, and we're going to be really basic, and Nick started talking about some of these do-it-yourself things, and we're going to talk about these in, in a little more detail as we go, go on, but, but if you're going to do things yourself, and let me say this, I am not opposed to things yourself, if you know what you're doing, and it's quite, you know, it's not so much in the image area as it is, uh, I'm going to kind of digress a little bit, it's like the plumbers. Plumbers love people who are going to go down and fix their problem themselves because what's going to happen is they're going to have to come in and undo everything you've already done and then do it right. So it's going to cost you twice as much in the long run. With image, you may never get that image back. With a plumber, you can pay extra money. But if you are portraying an image uh, of, uh, of someone that's barely making it, of someone that doesn't know what they're doing, you may be the best lawyer in town. You may be the greatest lawyer in town. But if you are not portraying an image of a very successful, know-what-they're-doing lawyer, then uh, people are not going to come to you uh, they're not going to want to do business with you. You're not going to get referrals from other lawyers because they're going to look at it and go, you know, um, I'm not going to refer my client who needs a divorce over to John over here who's got a shoddy office, who's got uh, terrible business cards, who's got a terrible website. That makes me look like him, and I am certainly not going to allow my image to be um, the image I want to convey to, to, hey, Jim. to be ruined by John. Yes, go ahead, Nick. And one of the things that, uh, you know, we talk about with the do-it-yourself kits, and I'm working on an article uh, for one of my clients, actually, in your neck of the woods, on some of these do-it-yourself trusts. Um, too often... You know, we see this in family law now with the folks at LegalZoom uh, and some of the similar companies where you can basically buy the forms, plug and play, do your own divorce and all this. And, and, and the lawyers will joke about people are coming back to, you know, to fix these awful problems that have been created for, you know, mm-hmm. by people who did their own settlement agreements, their own joint parenting plans, um, and they got it wrong. And sometimes kids are suffering as a result. And so, you know, these lawyers are laughing that these people are coming back to fix all the problems. And in reality, we have to reopen judgments, we have to reopen things, and it costs them more money to fix it 
because they try to jack around and do it themselves at the beginning. Um, you know, so can be said with uh, just, you know, again, all this. I want to say something about, about focused image of success. Um, you know, one time I interviewed a, a very well-known uh, family law attorney in DuPage County, Illinois. Um, if I said her name, everyone would jump. But anyhow, I interviewed her about courtroom decorum one time, and, you know, she was talking about professionalism and dress. And she said, Nick, the first things I look at in a male attorney, I look at their shoes, I look at their fingernails, and the watch. You know, boom. And everyone spends all this money. I mean, but, I mean, you know, you see people running around with these wrinkled suits at these lawyers who look like they just, you know, came out of bed with a messy look. And I just think that we're going in a bad direction with all this. And, you know, everyone will spend the money on leasing a nice car but then have a crappy-looking website. And, uh, like, the package needs to be there, you know. Um, and if you can't afford to do all that, maybe you shouldn't be in private practice. I don't believe that all these solos can really make a go of it. You know, they're struggling, and they all want to say, I don't, you know, I have my own thing I'll do. I'm sorry. There's a lot of people who have their – if you're not cutting it and you can't keep up with, you know, what you need to be doing, go work at a firm. You know, that may be an unpopular thing for me to say, but, you know, it's, it hurts our profession. You know, I, don't, I chose not to practice law. I practice public relations, marketing, and advertising for lawyers and small businesses. But having said that um, – you need to look the part, and, and you know, and if you're degrade, all these lawyers, if the, the majority of lawyers out there have cheap websites, are you know looking cheap, and they look crappy, they're probably giving cheap, crappy services. Half of them are drunk half the time, you know. From what I've seen, you know, these struggling solos, and you know, they're never making it. And it's, I, and it's, folks, wake up. Um, these things are important. Let's talk a little bit, Jim, about opportunity cost and the amount of time when we, we were talking about this before the show about lawyers say, well, I'll do my own website, I'll do all my own this and all my own that. And so let's say you spend, you know, 10 hours doing X or Y or Z. And my comment to Jim was, that lawyer has an extra 10 hours, that partner needs to be talking to an associate and cross-examining them on the value of their case and the quality of what's going on. We have gotten so used to shoddy craftsmanship, the furniture you buy today is awful. Um, you know, I hold on to and actually look for antique furniture because I know it's built well. So the quality of legal services um, has suffered. And I, I implore everyone out there in a law practice to tighten their belt, do the research, and increase the quality, or we're all going to go out of business. You know, Nick, and, and I want to make sure that, that you understand out there when I'm talking about image, I'm not talking about creating something of a false image. Uh, you no, kind of alluded to it a little bit where, you know, you drive up the court in your nice Mercedes and you get out of out of your Mercedes looking like you just got out of bed. I'm not talking about that type of thing. I'm talking about a professional image. And, and possibly right now there's a couple of things that I want to kind of, I'm going to hit the, the cost versus the value in just a minute. But uh, well, here's a couple of things that, that I see. And fortunately, in some respects, this is gone. Uh, where we're uh, getting decent business cards, cost has gone down considerably. I haven't seen this as much as I used to, but uh, I, and every once in a while, some lawyer will hand me a brand new lawyer, will hand me a business card. He made it on his computer the night before with these, um, I don't know, the disc, you know, where you can make your own business card and then you print it out on these labels. And, you know, it's bad enough when you print it out on a label 
and it has a smooth edge, but when you have the perforations, which I saw the other day, it's like, wait a minute, hmm. what are you trying to convey? You know, are you really in business, or are you just handing out a business card that says, hey, I'm, looks like a hobby. I'm a lawyer? Exactly. It looks like a hobby. And, 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 you know, you need really good business cards. That's what I said. You can get really good business cards now from anywhere from 80 to $100, both sides. Uh, we talked about what you should put out business cards. I don't want to go there. But, you know, don't, don't make your own business cards. You know, get those professionally done. Those are the first things people usually see. The other thing is uh, on websites. Okay, we've all seen really good websites, and we've also seen really terrible websites. And... Uh, a lot of the terrible websites are done by people that, well, they don't have the money to do a website, so they do it themselves. And I want to make sure you understand something. I'm not saying if you, you know, there's lawyers out there that are very competent in doing their own websites. There's lawyers out there that are competent, are very competent in writing their own press releases, writing their own blogs. That's fine. You know, if you're competent, you like that area. You're an English major in college. Um, your undergraduate degree is, is in technology, and you can do you can whip out websites in ten minutes. You know what you're doing. Amen. You go, go for it. it. Do, do for you it. have the skill. That's the difference. But don't skim on something like that. And think about it this way: um, you, you, if, if I were to design my own, do my own website, I'm going to say a four-page simple website right now. My website it would probably take me ten to twenty hours to get something that I like. Now, that doesn't mean everybody else is going to like it. It's something I like, and it's probably going to be crappy at coming out of the box. So I take, 12, say, 10 hours, 10 hours to do a website. And think of it in terms of what did that just cost me? Well, let's just say I'm, I'm, I'm a new lawyer, and, and I'm going to make it look very round because I'm terrible at math. Um, $200 an hour. So I just spent 10 hours doing a website for $2,000, churish. So... That just cost me 10 hours of my time where I could be maybe out marketing, doing something else, um, and getting a lot better return on the $2,000 on a crappy website. And the worst thing about that is I had a terrible website out there, so that's not only going to – it won't get me business. It may drive people away from, from, from me. And, and we all know what happens right now. If, if I said to Nick, uh, Nick asked me for a referral to a lawyer, say he, he's looking for a uh, personal injury lawyer. Well, and I say, Nick, I want you to call my buddy John over here because he'll take care of you. Almost the first thing Nick would do and any client would do is go to Nick's website and say, okay, you know, Jim, Jim gave me a referral to Nick, but, but I want to kind of, or, or to, to John, but I want to kind of check him out myself just to, just to see. So if I refer Nick to John, and John's got a crappy website, well, first of all, that's going to turn Nick off. Then it's going to turn Nick off forever making a referral again. And so it, 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 it just, it, it just snowballs. So, uh, we're, we're talking in the referral mindset. We're also talking in what people are going to look for, what they're going to look for when they go to your website, that it's got to be neat. It's got to be done right. It's, it's not amateurish. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, the, the Nick mentioned this, the, the, the blogs. If you write a blog and you um, uh, don't have a clue grammar-wise or punctuation-wise of what you should be putting out there, then that's obviously going to reflect, you know, very poorly on you. 
Um, I was telling Nick earlier, you know, when I wrote my book, uh, you know, I, ter- I, you know, when I practiced law, um, and I retired, you know, and I'm now 70, so I, I retired five years ago. I used to have secretaries that could do all that stuff for me. You know, I right. take something and they clean it all up and make it look pretty. Mm-hmm. And we're when, there when for our brains. I, we're there to think, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, when I wrote my book, the first thing I did was to get a good editor who would mm-hmm. make all the punctuation corrections, the grammar corrections, all the things that needed to go in. Because if I would have put my book out there uh, the way I had done it, somebody would have read the first page and said, this guy's a joke. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He can't speak English. He doesn't know punctuation, and the grammar's terrible, and all the other stuff. So I go, you know what? That was the best investment I made was to, to get an editor to do what an editor does, and that's clean up your mess, for lack of a better term. And, and the same thing goes with, with video. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch a little bit on video. This is kind of the coming thing, I think, with regard to websites, is putting video on your, on your website, and it, it, depending on the type of practice you have. And it could be an introductory video. It could be one of these videos that you have, you know, uh, 10 short videos on frequently asked questions or whatever it is. Um, and, and I've seen some of these videos that lawyers are now thinking they could just take, you know, uh, their, their iPad and, uh, you know, make a video and put it up on their website. Having said that, there probably are some lawyers that are technologically, you know, proficient. They can do that. But there's a lot of them up on websites that are absolutely horrific. They've got a terrible, terrible video um, for a number of reasons. And, and, and I won't go into all the reasons, but they got a nice-looking website. <clears throat> They've had that professionally done. And then they think, well, now that I've got this nice website, I can take my iPad or my iPhone or whatever because now you can do the video on it and those and hook them up at uh, YouTube, I think. I don't know. I don't get into that, but that's what they tell me. If I'm going to do anything I haven't professionally done. But they, they put them up there. And, and, and so it totally detracts from what they try to accomplish with regard to their websites. It hurts and, the brand and, is what it does. Yeah, and, and it's, it's terrible. And, you know, if you're going to do it, then learn how to do it right. Uh, There's a friend of mine, Jerry Ozinski, who's a a medical malpractice lawyer in New York City, and he'll come out and he'll do your video for you, put it up and all the other stuff, and Jerry charges anywhere from $25,000 to $50,000 to do that. Great stuff, puts it up really well. Most attorneys I know can't afford the $25,000 or $50,000. Jerry is great at teaching people. He's got a great blog. He's got great information. If anybody would like you know, to, 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 to get his website and his blog and all that, I'll be glad to share that with you. But he doesn't expect everybody to, to, to pay what he charges. He only does about 10 to 12 of these a year in addition to his medical malpractice business. But he does it on a, on a and then primarily your personal injury attorneys just, you know, do get a big chunk of, of money coming in every now and then. But the bottom line is he will sit down and share this information with you. And if you really want to get really proficient, um, and I haven't seen this in a while, I know he gives courses every once in a while. He'll bring people into New York City if you want to pay it. Come in, you can learn how to do it. He'll talk to you about lighting and all the other things. But if you want to do it yourself, hey, fine. How much is it going to cost you? You know, how, how long is it going to take? What's the learning curve? How long is it going to take mm-hmm. to find out about the lighting, the cameras, all the other stuff that goes into it? My, my point here is this. If you're going to do something like that and you're proficient at it, 
you're a good writer or you're, you know, maybe in your other life before you went to law school, you were a videographer of that and you really know how to do that stuff, that is fine. But if you don't, why take the time to learn it? Why take the time, uh, in my case, why would I have taken the time to, um, well, I couldn't have done it myself anyway as far as uh, the, the correcting the grammar and the punctuation and all that in my book. But uh, I guess I could have gone back and relearned all the different rules that I knew when I was in high school. <clears throat> but the bottom line is, why do I need to take that time when there's professionals out there? Nick is a perfect example. You need a press release written. You know, Nick can do that for you. He does this as a business. He knows how to do it. But you get somebody else out there and say, hey, John, write a press release for me. Well, maybe that person is good at writing press releases for doctors or maybe good press releases for some other industry. But do they mm -hmm. do press releases for lawyers? There's a little well, difference in yeah, what right, you're right. I mean, out there. <laughs> that's the, you know, it's, uh, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, that's why I went into this niche business of my own because people will send lawyers to me because I know the difference. I am, I'm well-versed in so many different practice areas because, you know, because that's my job is to research that. And my ongoing education is not only ABA and bar associations, but it's the Public Relations Society of America, too, the PRSA. And I'm constantly going to... Um, you know, learning and, you know, continuing education uh, in that area. And my undergraduate degree is in communications. It's appropriate. I know the difference. I know AP writer style. I know when to say this and when not to say that. And so many people just, you know, I, you know, I just cringe when people say, well, I know the kid down the road can do it for half the price. And, you know, I'm at the point, I mean, I'm what, I'm 10, I graduated law school in 2012, um, so, no, 2002, strike that, sorry. Um, just 12 years ago is what I was thinking. Um, you know, we're at 12 years ago, and I've, inc I've increased, people are like, what are you doing? Well, I'm more than double the prices because at this point in my career, I'm going to look, I'm going to look amateurish if I am doing work for amateurish lawyers. So I want bigger firms that have a few lawyers there who can afford several thousand dollars a month, you know, so I can also bring more, you know, and I'm hiring graduate level students and law clerks and all this to help out with some of the process and editors. And so we make sure that we have the focused image of success and we get it right every time. We get it on time. We don't look like fools. And I just think that there's been so much with the blogs now. Anyone can write anything and anyone can be a blogger. And, um, you know, it's, and it's fine to have, you know, Susie who just graduated from college and is answering phones at the law firm. It's fine if you give her something to post on the Facebook page, but if you're asking her to generate and manage content in the message for your law firm and this person is not experienced in that and doesn't know how or what or when, to, you know, it's just, it's, I don't understand why people would do that. Um, so, you know, again, I think that as, I mean, I understand that people are strapped for cash and uh, you've got to pick and choose how you spend your marketing budget. Of course, we had a good show on marketing dollars and budgets, but I think that if we all raise the bar a little bit and put our professional socks on more often, um, and I know a lot of great people who do that and they do a great job of it, um, but, you know, there is, you know, a, a, fr a friend of mine, another uh, a lawyer friend of mine back in Illinois told me once that there is always a market for quality. And I would, I would tell people, you set your prices for the value of what you and your firm are worth because there's always going to be that client out there. You know, if everyone, right, everyone was like going for the low-hanging fruit for so long and um, it's hurting all the professions, 
And uh, software out of a box is not the same as a learned professional with experience. And the experience to see what goes right, what goes wrong, um, there is no substitute for experience. So that's a little bit of a soapbox conversation here for today. <laughs> We're just about out of time. Um, Jim, tell the folks at home a little bit more about the ebook, why it's relevant, and how they can get a copy of it. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Uh, yes, if anyone would like a copy, an ebook copy of my book, uh, Why Lawyers Can't Get the Clients They Need and Deserve, what they can do about it. Uh, you can get it by sending me an email at jet, jet at lawyersmarketingresource.com, and I'll be glad to send you a, a copy of the book. The, also, the other thing is I mentioned Jerry Ozinski. If anybody would like to um, get in contact or, or find out more about what Jerry does or even find out about his blog and, and learn about some of the things that, that are going on with regard to video, please uh, shoot me an email and I'll be glad to send that information out to you. Also, as a disclaimer, I get nothing from Jerry other than the fact that I, I always like to refer people that I know are going to do a good job and uh, can help other lawyers uh, get the clients that they need. So if you want right. Jerry's information, please let me know, and I'll be glad to forward that out to you. Very good, very good. Enjoyable show, Jim. Again, welcome back from your trip to uh, from trip to uh, Alaska, and I look forward to looking at all those pictures on Facebook during the new chosen times when I am online, <laughs> but not during most of my business day because I have too much work and too much to build. So, again, I want to thank you all also out there for listening to this episode of Law Talk Radio. Uh, we really do rely on our loyal fans who agree that spreading information socially amongst peer groups is the best way to communicate. We appreciate everyone who shares the links to these broadcasts on their social networks so other people may find out the good word of content marketing and all that we do here for lawyers and referrals. We're about out of time. Jim, it's been nice. I'll see you again soon. Okay, thanks, Nick. All right, bye-bye. Everyone have a great day.